Next week, we're going to talk about the Deadwood Stage. Perhaps the most historic stagecoach in existence is the famous Deadwood Coach, which was carried for many years by Buffalo Bill and his Wild West shows all over America and Europe. This coach was built by the Abbott Downing Company of Concord, New Hampshire. In the year of 1863, fitted with the thorough gray springs, which made the Concord coaches the most popular used on the great trails, it started its run. This coach and company, with many others, was shipped to San Francisco, California via Cape Horn in the year of 1864 and was used for many years in the mountains of California. Eventually, traveling the trails across the Rocky Mountains, it came into possession of the stage company operating in eastern Wyoming and the Black Hills. The Black Hill booms were then in full, filled with men of all characters, with every business or vocation running in full blast, and prosperity at its fullest height. In consequence, the country was filled with the most noted bandits and desperados of the plains, who openly pounced upon their prey, the treasure-laden stagecoaches being their favorite objects. The most prominent of these highwaymen were Pegleg Bradley, Dunk Blackbeard, Bill Price, and Charlie Grimes. The Deadwood coach's first baptism came with the killing of a driver, John Slaughter, in the Whitewood Canyon. He was filled with buckshot, but the teams ran away, and the coach arrived safely at Greeley Station, thus outwitting the bandits. From now on, the coach went through several baptisms of fire, generally escaping without loss of life or treasure, until a drummer from Chicago was killed and a companion injured. The Indians also attempted on several occasions to hold up the stage, but were successfully repelled. The stage was fitted up for a treasure stage to carry the gold from Deadwood to the railroad, and a number of shotgun messengers accompanied the coach on its trips to and fro. These shotgun messengers were men of reputation as killers. Gail Hill, Jesse Brown, Jim May, Boone May, and Scott Davis, all well-known characters who had performed some deadly exploits and were known dead shots composed the force of gunmen that defended the coach. But despite this protection, the bandits, by treachery, successfully staged the Cold Spring tragedy. The bandits first captured the station, making away with its keepers, and hid themselves, awaiting the arrival of the stage. Soon the stage arrived, and Gene Barnett, not suspecting danger, drew his teams to a standstill at the stable door. A crashing volley killed Hugh Stevenson and Gail Hill and wounded the other guards, making resistance impossible. Over $60,000 in gold was secured by the outlaws. A little later, the coaches again attacked. The first volley killed the driver. And just as the bandits felt sure of success, a woman, Martha Canary, who afterward became known as Calamity Jane, who was riding on the seat with the driver, seized the lines, gave the whip to the team, and amid a running fire, brought the coach safely to its destination. General Crook used the stage in his campaign in 1876 against the Indians. And the famous Buffalo Bill, who was then a scout, used it on several occasions. 
After the campaign, Buffalo Bill learned that the coach had had abandoned or been abandoned during the Indian attack and was lying neglected, away out in hostile country. So, with a few companions, he proceeded to rescue and bring back to life this coach and store it in the camp. After that, the coach continually made daily trips on the Black Hill stage line until Buffalo Bill organized its Wild West shows. He secured possession of the historic coach, using it to depict the drama of overland staging in the Wild West. Thus, the remarkable stagecoach, which has traveled hundreds of thousands of miles on the plains and in the Rockies, in the mail, express and passengers and army services, and thousands of miles by water and rail, on exhibition in America and Europe, ridden in by the front heads of Europe, viewed by thousands, became of so great historic value that it was placed in the Smithsonian Institution at Washington, D.C. for preservation. Today, that coach can be seen at Buffalo Bill Historical Center, an affiliate of the Smithsonian Institution in Cody, Wyoming. At the history of Cheyenne and Black Hill stage lines from 1876 to 1886. Though the stage line was more familiarly called the Deadwood Stage, it was officially called the Cheyenne and Black Hill Stage. It was established in 1876 by Red Cloud Agency trader Captain F. D. Frank Yates and his father-in-law W. H. Brown, who formed F. D. Yates and Company. Though several attempts had been made prior to this time to establish a route from Cheyenne, Wyoming to Deadwood, South Dakota, but no one had been successful due to the many Indian attacks. However, Yates was successful and the first stage was run on September 25, 1876. About two years later, the stage line was sold to Jack Gilmer and Monroe Salisbury of Ogden, Utah who formed the Gilmer, Salisbury and Company and hired a man named Luke Voorhees as the general superintendent. Two years later, Gilmer and Salisbury sold their interest to the superintendent. Luke Voorhees, who continued to operate the line until about 1882, then the line was next owned by Russell Thorpe Sr., who also operated a stage line between Douglas and Windover, Wyoming. However, its life was doomed as the Fremont, Elkhorn, and Missouri Valley Railroad pushed into the center of Wyoming and the Black Hills in 1886. The last coach was driven across the route in February of 1887. The line was operated under Mr. Thorpe's management until 1886 when the Chicago and Northwestern Railroad built a line from Fremont, Nebraska to Lander, Wyoming, and the Cheyenne and Northern now the Colorado and Southern built the line from the Cheyenne to Windover. Completion of the railroad look, lines took care of express and passenger business, causing gradual abandonment of all stage lines. During the 11 years that a stage line was in service, it was often the target of road agents, anxious to get their hands on the gold and money coming in and out of Deadwood. After the company went out of business, Buffalo Bill Cody bought one of the coaches and used it in the Wild West show. It's now on display at the Buffalo Bill Stark Center in Cody, Wyoming. Next time we'll talk about the cage makeup, the, co the coach makeup rather, uh, how many horses drove it, and the riders. Thanks for listening.
Hi, I'm Tony, and we're going to talk about the old stage drivers. I found an article written by Charles Carroll Goodwin in 1913. Mohammed was a camel driver, but he was not like other camel drivers. The stage drivers of the old California Nevada days were not like the other stage drivers. Marysville, California was headquarters for the California Stage Company, and it was there that staging was seen at its fullness. As soon as it was light on those delicious mornings, the cries began, one can hear them still, Empire Ranch, Rough and Ready, Grass Valley, and Nevada was the first cry. Then came Oregon Ranch, Camptonville, Downeyville, then Oroville, Forbstown, and Morris Flat, then the Tehama, Red Bluff, Shasta, and Eureka, and at steady intervals in a glorified baritone rang out Sacramento, Sacramento. Then from the stables would come the stages. The horses had been driven across the plains, turned out on their arrival, and by the next spring, they had grown a hand in height, and when taken up, fed grain and groomed, they were beautiful-looking horses. The great Curry coaches for 27 passengers, can you imagine 27 passengers, and drawn by eight horses, had the right of way. At first, they were driven on alternate clays by Big John and Big Jake. Their real names were John Littlefield and Jacob Putnam. Later, Oscar Ross was put upon the line, but one morning, he ran his coach into the opposite, opposite coach and knocked it into pieces. And the passenger on the opposite coach, as soon as he could extricate or loosen himself from the wreck, fired a full charge of birdshot at close range into Oscar's side, and he died three days later. Big John became dissipated, and the company took him from the Sacramento route and gave him one of the Comptonville coaches, which were four-horse coaches. After a few days, he made a night with the boys in Comptonville. He was a little, how came you so, when he mounted the box next morning, and going down the Goodyear Hill grade, rolled his coach over, broke the rail from the top of it, and bruised badly a Chinese passenger, but managed to get to Maryville. He had the stagecoach repaired at his own expense, and next morning drove up in front of the stage office. While waiting for the time to start, a clerk came out of the office and walking up to the coach said, Mr. Littlefield, President Hayworth was instructing me to inform you that your salary has stopped. Littlefield began to uh, wind the reins around the brake bar and in a soft voice, which grew harsher as he went on, said, my compliments to President Hayworth and kindly say to him that while I hate and to disappoint him, if what you have just said is true, I'll be a dead driver. Robert Robbins and his twin brother Dan drove the Shasta stages leaving Marysville on alternate days. They were known as Curly Bob and Curly Dan because of their curly hair. As the railroad stretched its way upon uh, Tehama and Red Bluff, the staging declined. They came to the side of the Sierras and drove on the overland and branch lines. They were fine-looking men and great drivers They had none of the wild strata in, in them which is so common in men of their calling. Rob died some years ago in Idaho, and Dan in Salt Lake City a few months ago. Baldy Green was another famous whip. He was an old-time California driver and then for years handled the ribbons on the overland between Virginia City and Austin. 
Now, uh, a, a whip is somebody who grabs the reins and uh, gets those horses to moving by smacking them on their backside with the reins as, as they're uh, running the stages. The last I heard of him, he was a justice of the peace in Humboldt County. His knowledge of the law was limited, but he surely had a great deal of horse sense. He must have been of the Sancho Panza order of magistrates. Of course, half the world has heard of Hank Monk. Before there was any other grade over the Sierras, and before the finding of the Comstock, Monk drove a stage between Genoa and Placerville. It was there that Horace Greeley encountered him, and the famous story has been told with the more variations than are used to when Home Sweet Home is played on the piano by an amateur. There was not much to it except that Greeley grew impatient going up the mountains from the Genoa side and sharply told Monk that he was put down for a lecture in Placerville that night. Monk, with his drawl, told him to keep his feet, that he would have him there on time. Reaching the summit, Monk shook out his team, and Mr. Greeley's head collided with the top of the coach at short intervals, which caused him to cry out to go slower, but Monk's only reply was, Keep your seat, Mr. Greeley. I will have you there on time. Mr. Greeley did not know it, but the man on the box was about the most superb rangeman in the world. His secret was his exact calculation. With every ribbon apparently loose, he would turn a running team on a narrow street and bring them to a full stop at exactly the right point. A friend of mine came out down one evening with Monk from Glenbrook on Lake Tahoe to Carson City, 14 miles in 45 minutes. The friend asked him if he ever rolled the stage over on that route, for the horses were at full gallop half the time. Oh no, was the reply. When you strike a level grade, riding your brake and let the stock go, when you turn a curve, take off your brake and give the wheels full play because to ride a brake around the curve when going lively might make you into trouble. Monk had a superior education and was famous for drawl expressions. I was riding beside him once when nearing a wayside hotel, a man with an overcoat on one arm came running out of the hotel to the coach. Monk pulled up his team when the man said, Monk, have you been, have you seen Bill lately? Yes, saw him yesterday. He was coming down the stairs uh, with me, and he'll be coming downstairs with me tomorrow, was the reply. The man said he was glad, turned and walked to back to the hotel, and Monk easing up on the reins, the team trotted on. When he was gone on a few rods, Monk said, I wonder what bill that Yahoo meant. What bill did you mean, I asked? I meant the way bill, said Monk. So that's a short story about uh, some of the stagecoach drivers things we've gone through. See you next time.